Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hello there, lovely people. I just wanted to hop on for a really quick uh, thank you today, just to say, you know, thanks for the listens. We're blown away with how much this uh, is helping people, which is lovely, and it makes us feel so good about investing the time to get this message out there to you guys. Um, And, you know, on that note, like, if you're tuning in and you're really getting some stuff from this, then please, please go and leave us a review. Go hop onto iTunes or wherever. You know, we're not doing the advert thing. The way that we're getting the message out is through word of mouth and and just, like, hopefully having small impacts that, you know, it's kind of like the domino effect. So we would love just a few words to you know talk about a specific podcast that's really helped you and please do share this in you know tell people about this wherever you are on social media and stuff because uh yeah you know i know the impact that these kinds of podcasts had on me um and continue to you know i think it's such a wonderful medium so that's it really we're really excited about today we've been looking forward to doing this one i won't say too much other than it's positive it's fun it's been in the pipeline for a long time so see you there there we go Right, lovely listeners, this episode comes to you from Alan Partridge's brilliant home, Norfolk. It's actually being recorded from Norfolk, which means the internet's a bit wobbly as well, so I apologise if there's any of that. Can I ask you what you think about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? Yeah, brilliant. I don't understand why it hasn't been done earlier, and I do believe it should have been extended, but never mind. As with all of these things, it's, it's always nice to go. Anyway, that is a topic for another for another <laughs> podcast. Um, we've got a really cool thing to chat about today, um, and so you know, let's let's dive in. Um, a couple of years ago, I I, I wrote a podcast. Uh, no, I didn't write a podcast. I wrote a blog, and it was called. Uh, it's called Sixty Four Amazing Things About Living Life Without Alcohol. Now. Me and Ellie have been chatting away. Uh, I hadn't looked at it for a long time. And we've been chatting away about our favorite things about alcohol and just talking about how many there are and how about powerful it is. Or about being alcohol free. Uh, what did I say? You said your favorite things about alcohol. Well, <laughs> let's, let's hear those That's obviously first. not what I meant. No, about being free from, from, from alcohol. Um, yeah, so I, we, and we talk about this a lot and the power of like having a list, right? Which is helping you to focus on all the things you're gaining. Because I think very often we, we're sort of focused on the things we're moving away from, don't we, Ellie? But we don't bring in so many of these things that we're moving towards. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd have a bit of a challenge, didn't we? We thought we'd try and figure out, well, how many things are there? How many, uh, yeah. And, and, and so we want your help with this. And this is, I haven't seen Sam's list and Sam hasn't seen my list. So we're just going to kind of, get to it but just on that point about focusing on what you're gaining as opposed to what you're giving up like this episode is for everybody this is for you if you are sober curious if you are a drinker if you are a non-drinker a teetotaler um sober rebel if you are happily alcohol free you're happily ish alcohol free you think you could be happier it's for everybody the there are, there are two great things to say. One is that um, by, like, it's, re- it's really important to focus on what you are gaining as opposed to what you're giving up. And the reason that is, is because we are far more likely to have success with habit change, whether it's to do with alcohol or sugar or social media or anything else. You're more likely to be successful with positive emotion leading you. Yeah. And so focusing on the things that are great um the things that you are gaining the the benefits this is why we want to talk about it it's a big hurrah for why it's an interesting uh um thing to to, you know to get curious about being alcohol free even if you've never taken a break from alcohol um before in in this kind of a way with a curious mindset like go go ahead and do it and see what's there for you because otherwise how do you know so it's it's really important to have this positive emotion which is why we want to you know see how many are on the list really um and now i've forgotten what the other thing was in typical brain fog fashion so i'll I'll come back to that but but that's so true i think i think we're still sold this story or we are sold this story of like 
you know, there's us and them, people that can drink, people that can't drink. We have these labels flying around. We hear terms like alcoholic and, and, and it gives the idea that, well, the only reason you'd ever question or, or experiment or think about, <clears throat> you know, drinking a bit less is if, if you're really, really in a pickle, if it's really got too much, but no, like anybody, like no matter how much you're drinking, no matter how little amount there's benefits to be had from mm. stopping, from reducing, from, you know, so it's a, yeah, definitely a really powerful conversation to have. Um, I've, I've, I've just remembered what the other thing is. That's why I thought I'd have a waffle. <laughs> I knew it would come back to you. Go on. It's it's about celebration. So linked into this thing about positive emotions. So we, we don't often take time to stop and let the dust settle and celebrate the things that are going really, really well. We, you know, the, 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 the brain's tendency is to focus on, the danger, the, the the potential dangers around us, because your brain's trying to keep you safe and trying to keep you alive. So it's very important to stop and to dwell in a, a space of positivity and to celebrate all of the wonderful things that are going on. You know, this is it, it's exactly the same as any kind of gratitude practice. If you go looking for the good stuff, then your brain is going to. Uh, lean that sort of a way instead you know you, you're working against your um your primal instincts and so it has to be intentional it has to be deliberate so this is also uh an opportunity for celebration and again no matter where you are in your alcohol-free journey there's something to celebrate here it's either celebrating new knowledge it's celebrating an opening of curiosity it's celebrating the things that you've experienced so far the things that you haven't yet experienced but hopefully will do so those are those are the the two frames i wanted to to put on it yeah 100 percent. and as the, this is one of my ultimate tactics this is probably the most powerful thing i've ever had is very simple but incredibly effective is carrying a list of these things so that when mm. i was at an event and you know perhaps there was a sort of a trigger or something like i would go and read my list and it would very often just like instantly take me back yeah. to that version of my best version of myself that was like, no, this is what I'm aiming for. In looking at all these small whys, I'm reminded of my big why. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this is a great tactic for anyone to, 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 to use. So I guess, Ellie, without further ado, shall we go for number one? Yeah. What's, what's your number one? And then I'll tell you mine. All right. Well, I'll have a look at what I wrote on my list, right? Because I'm interested because, I mean, I wrote, I put 64 on here. So, it's, I mean, there's so many of them. Okay, right. First one was absolutely no hangovers, not one, not ever. Is that said. still your number one? As in, do you mean like in, that, in, a, in a hierarchy, if there was like a yeah. top, top benefit? Oh, man, that's pressure. I didn't realize that's what you meant before. I don't even know. Now, have a think about it. Go on, what's talking. yours? You talk about your yours and then i'll i'll talk about whether that is have you you definitely got one that you know is the top then oh yeah yeah and i'll come on to that in a second because i do just want to say that this thing about absolutely no hangovers not one not ever that's actually not true for me it's it's true in so much as i've i've never in the last you know 18 plus months i've never had a hangover from alcohol but when I talk to my naturopath, the thing that I often say to her is, I, I wake up feeling like shit and I wake up feeling like I've got a hangover. What's that all about? How is that fair when I don't drink? And that is something to do with the um, uh, some, some of the, shall we say, hormonal changes I'm, I'm going through and the, the, the entire you know, sleep navigation piece that continues yeah. to be a part of my life at the moment. Um, but also, what I, there is one substance that I know is responsible for my hangover feeling, and that is sugar. Mm. So if I ever eat sugar late in the evening, I will have a hangover feeling in the morning. So the interesting thing about that is I don't feel the same kind of like self-loathing and regret and guilt and shame or anything, you know, any of those icky feelings. I don't, with my sugar hangover, I might feel a bit silly that I've had a, an Alan Partridge moment and eaten half a Toblerone or whatever it is, but it doesn't have the same ferocity. Um, ferocity. Does it ferocity? <laughs> I think I've just made up a new word. Ferocity, I mean. I like it. I like um, it. Do you understand what I mean, Sam? It doesn't have that same uh, negative vibe attached to it as yeah. as a true 
a true drinking hangover. And, and actually, it doesn't feel as physically horrendous um, as I can try and recollect a hangover to be. Yeah. My, my worst hangover moment ever, like I remember feeling so physically ill. <laughs> I'm just going to share this because it's funny. Um, so we'd, we'd hired a house um, in, was it in Norfolk? I think it might have been in Norfolk. It's either Norfolk Free. or Suffolk. Beautiful, big um, barn conversion for my dearest husband's, uh, I know it's the 30th, 40th birthday. And this is a couple of years ago. And uh, we had friends there and, and all of their kids and we were all there together. And it was an, abs- it was an absolute blast. But it was the first night the the drinking was beyond and to you know to the point of like where you've got pictures from the night before that you look at and it's I don't know it was there because <laughs> I can physically see myself but I was not there but you know we talk about this whole thing with blackouts where it's like the tape recorder's going but there's no tape in there yeah, yeah, yeah. this is 80s 90s kids there's no tape in the tape recorder capturing what was going on that's exactly what's going on the next day I was, I was terrible. I had to function somehow the next day to put together the party. And we had like a big dinner planned. We had a private chef coming in and all this stuff planned. And the bulk of the day was ruined. Like I, I just walked around with a swimsuit on, a swimsuit, a bad hairdo and a bathrobe, fe- feeling sorry for myself, <laughs> feeling really sick. And it took probably until about five o'clock in the evening. Like it, it probably ruined the day. And the only reason that I started to feel better, I would guess, was because I started drinking again. So there you go. That's my worst hangover moment. I've got too many to even count. I would 100% agree with you. And it's funny, the more we remove um, things that are toxins from our diet, be it you know mental diet as well as you know alcohol, caffeine, some of these things that can be, I just don't really think we realize the impact that we're having. I would kind of Mm. describe it as kind of like a bit of a goldfish bowl. And if it's full of different stuff, if you pour like, you know, a glass of, you know, beer in there and you pour coffee in there and you put all these different things in, when you add one more thing to that, like a few, few Twixes, it doesn't really make that much difference. Like it's still just a murky bowl of water, but the more you take these things out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Then you just sort of notice now. So, I mean, I really, I said to you a a minute ago, early when we were chatting, I, I actually can't really put caffeine in there anymore for me. It just messes me up. And I, I'm Mm. somebody who used to drink well over a thousand milligrams of coffee of caffeine a day. Right. And just to put that into context, we're talking like five or six super duper strong French press, press coffees that most people would be like, well, you know, I was fully on it. I was on the coffee mm. train and now, um, yeah, I mean, if I have one or two, I feel like everywhere, my, I just, my attention's all like scattered. Like I am anxious. It's, it's mad. So yeah. So, but I mean, just to speak to hangovers and I think that we could, obviously we could do a whole, you know, podcast on that, couldn't we? But yeah, I mean, they, they suck. Like I spent, um, a lot of my life. I mean, when you get to a point where you really start drinking, they kind of, you don't stop having them, but you start note your whole level of what it feels like to be alive starts dropping and dropping and dropping. And so they start standing out as much because you're just in this constant feeling of just not feeling good that's what i found when you're drinking a lot every night and then when you do push it so like my experience in poland was i'd be drinking every night when i came back from work and then i'd go and i'd really drink heavily at the weekend you know like sometimes we'd go out at like 10 or 11 in at lunch and we'd we'd be out all night you know uh, i don't know how much alcohol i would drink and the neck i mean the day because i couldn't sleep you know i'd get that experience of not being able to sleep and then just the palpable anxiety and just that you'd just be like, it was hellish the next day, to be honest, it was absolutely awful. And as you, as you rightly say, um, then you'd be like, well, you're battling with that thing of like, I got to the point of consciously, me consciously knowing, well, if I, the only thing that's actually going to make me feel better in the moment right now is, is drinking a couple of beers, even though I know it's going to make it worse in the future, future. Mm. And so then you end up battling this kind of like, anyway, I'm so glad to be free from that. I cannot mm. I cannot frame enough that is a huge one yeah um, huge. And, th- and there's that link into the you know the this the scary world of the you know when your body breaks down alcohol one of the byproducts is 
acetaldehyde. Yeah, yeah. And and that is more toxic. A lot to, more. Yeah, than, than alcohol. Like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, it's to a lot be, more to, toxic. To be free of that, to never have that that worry or that concern is a biggie. So we will find out whether it's still your number one. So your number one, no number more one. sodden hangovers. What's yours? My my number one is the clarity. Nice. A, a, above anything else, the the mental clarity, because that then leads onto things like. Um, as, as I, I suppose, as I got older, I just thought I was kind of, I, I would blame my age on the, sorry, no, that's the wrong word. I would blame my, oh my God, I would blame my, like the, the dulling of my mental capacity on my age. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing to do with it. Um, it, it was not having full clarity. So with the clarity of being alcohol-free, the sharpness, whether that's when you were applying yourself from a work perspective or just to be able to see what's right in front of you. So in terms of being present and seeing what's available to you, seeing the beauty of a life in Technicolor, um, being fully present, being fully there for what's going on, that is my top thing. And I think it always will be. I mean, that's huge. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick between. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick one thing, but that clarity piece is massive. And I just think there are layers to that. You Mm. know, it just keeps Mm. coming in waves. It keeps coming in waves. For me, that speaks to. These are there's two things I don't think I'm going to be able to separate. And I'll talk to yours because it's connected. Um, The awakening and the no longer being able to kind of just dull this part of me that was like, you are supposed to be doing something more with your life. Yeah. You are supposed to be, you know, making your life bigger, impacting people. You know, that's, you know, I, I always felt that and I, and I could drink and make it shut up for a while and stick it back in its box. Um, but now there's like, I am compelled to do things and I know that when I hear that voice or when I get that pull, like I can't not do that thing because it's, it's just absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't have the option anymore. I I don't go out there and just select to, to numb it. And I don't think that was even conscious. You know, I was sort of moving through life, fumbling through, you know, was working in jobs that were kind of paying the bills and they did this and they did that all the time, like reading these things I was really interested in, getting really deeply into spirituality, all this kind of, it was there as, a, as the sideshow. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kept as the sideshow because I wasn't brave. I, I didn't really feel brave enough to be like, I want to invite all of that in as the centerpiece of my life. Like, is it possible that that thing that I'm deeply, deeply invested in that I love and I do would do for free for the rest of my life? Is it possible I could invite that in and have it front and center? Could I be helping other people find that stuff? And now mm. the answer is yes. I have no choice. I have to do this. Like I feel drawn to it, driven to do it. It's amazing. Um, and taking alcohol away has just made that so apparent. It's untrue. Mm. Mm. Oh, Sam, give me chills, mate. So that's clarity I, to me as well. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Are you writing uh, this down as we go? Because we're going to forget. Um, maybe, maybe not. I'll drop them down. I, I'll drop them down. Uh, <laughs> You just made me think of something I listened to fairly recently. As you, I'm sure I've said on here, I'm a massive fan of Lauren McCann's new podcast. So mm-hmm. go and listen to that one if you haven't. Tell me something true. She had um, Elena Brower on. And the way that she described what you're talking about was like this unwillingness to sabotage your greatness anymore. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just love that. I really, really love that. Because that, that's that's how I felt like that this this pull there is there is something bigger there's a that that awakening it's um it's huge you, you can't you can't ignore it. it like it doesn't have to be so we keep saying this it doesn't have to be a conversation about addiction it's it's not about um that necessarily it's a wellness conversation it's is this good enough and when you've got this constant irritation for 
there's, there's something else that you need to be doing here and you can't get to it without the mental clarity, um, then uh, that, I think that's it's why it's my number one. Yeah. We're going to have to move on to another one. Otherwise, we're never going to, we're never going to, our list is going to be eternally short because we just never get through them. What's well, your number two? The, the one that I think I can't separate these with that one. I mean, mm. when I look at the top three that I wrote on my list, well, number one was absolutely no hangers, not one, no hangovers. God, I can't speak either. Not one, not ever. Number two was no more post-drinking paranoia. Number three was reduced anxiety. Mm. <laughs> and mm. I mean, there's a few more that are kind of in a similar bracket. And I've always been a really anxious person. Like I, I, and I really struggled to manage it. And, and there are times now when it's still, I'm learning to use it. I'm learning to use the fear as a signal, like what's it telling me, what's it teaching me, you know, all these different things and, and managing it, actually getting to the root of it. Like I'm, I'm on that journey and it's, it's powerful and it's amazing. But, but when I was drinking, like that journey was, was not really happening. And mm. it, the anxiety was a different animal it was acute it was like when I woke up in those mornings I can remember one morning in my flat in Poland there was a tiny little washing machine in my bathroom and I can remember just like getting up really early in the morning going for a wee just like not being able to like really stand up having to like crawl because my head was pounding and just like resting my head on the washing machine and just thinking to myself fuck like like why are you doing this to yourself wise and just and just the feeling of the it was like I could feel it running through my veins like it's absolutely awful and just to be free from that to know that sometimes things come on upon me and sometimes I feel as if oh can I do this can I get through this but those that those reserves that I find that push me through Mm. and I'm like yes of course you can like this is this is what it is to be human like do this thing yeah as where before it was like I didn't have that faith. Like I didn't have that faith that I could do it. So I was leaning on other things and those things. The washing machine. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it was literally leaning on a washing machine, metaphorically leaning on alcohol. <laughs> Both of them, the washing machine, which was a crap. Actually, it was, no, that's not fair. It was a very trusty, communist uh, era washing machine. And it used to dance across the bathroom. It was fab. Um, and it never failed me. It never failed me. Um, but yeah, no, like, and alcohol was robbing me of of um, of, mm. of that that piece where I could lean on it. So yeah, anxiety, mm-hmm. I think, and all the things that connect to that. Yeah, I, I had I absolutely had that on my list because, and I would have said exactly the same as you. Oh, I'm just a terribly anxious person, and I think there's an element of um, in my in my past, I think that I've had a level of some kind of generalized anxiety disorder, if you want to put a label on something, I've very successfully dealt with anxiety and phobia, spider phobia through CBT, which we are going to have in an episode in the future. Um, But what I know to be true is that when I removed alcohol, there, there was a great big layer of anxiety that just dissipated and it was the most beautiful experience because you know that that's not you that Mm -hmm. is a substance and there's a very good reason you know we talked about in um, the way the science behind drinking how it works with the brain and body in the episode where we talked about drinking to relax and so there's a there's a good reason why um alcohol has you feeling uh, anxious and, and 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 almost imperceptible like low level anxiety all the time if you yeah. even if you're not drinking every day but you're drinking regularly it takes a couple of weeks for alcohol to get out of your system so even if you're only drinking every few days then you are going to be in this cycle you've heard about alcohol being a, um, a depressant and a stimulant and this is the point like when uh, you have the depressant effect of alcohol you're going to have the stimulant effect as your body tries to bring you back into balance. And it's that stimulant effect, the stimulation of um, stress hormones. That, that is why people wake in the middle of the night, typically, um, when you, your blood alcohol content's falling and it's kind of the worst of the, the dysphoria that's going on. And people will wake and, and, and not necessarily feel like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. But 
perhaps have a little bit of trouble getting back to sleep or have lots of thoughts going on and you know just generally feeling a bit unsettled a bit uneasy that's that's not you that's not um necessarily that you have um something stressful going on that's that's the effect of drinking yeah and uh, and and you can remove that entirely by uh, going alcohol free and yeah. and even if you only experiment with it to see is it better for you within a short space of time 30 days you could find out whether you can reduce your anxiety or not yeah and that's it you know there's a large piece of that i now realize a huge amount of my feeling like that was unnecessary i didn't mm. need to be feeling like that and i've really moved into a place of being able to tackle things um that i need to things from my past or whatever that that reduce it more now and it's clear the difference between what's what's natural anxiety what's kind of happening because of things that have happened in my life and what's unnecessary and when you get that clarity that's really really powerful so mm. awesome right hang on i'm writing this list down i feel like these these are like there's there's the kind of fractal there's things within things but oh yeah no matter um go on then what's next for you uh childlike joy I talk about this a lot. Like I, I thought that that had long gone and to be able to find it again. And, and what's wonderful is that I see it in so many different people at the moment. So um, there's a couple of the other coaches, the This Neck of Mind coaches that I've, uh, one of them's taken, I forget who it, who it is. I, I, I think I heard something on one of the calls recently, somebody had taken up roller booting or roller skating. And then this morning <laughs> I saw, a good one of my um, coach friends has also decided to take up roller skating. I'm on my way back to gymnastics when gymnastics, when the club opens again. Um, I've already done a couple of rounds of my handstand club, which I absolutely love. Um, I bought myself a scooter to scoot with the kids. Um, was that last summer? I forget, but I would have never done that when I was drinking. I just wouldn't have done it. And it's like, well, fuck it. Why shouldn't I have a scooter? <laughs> Why do the kids get to have all the fun? <laughs> there's um oh I can't find the quote now. But there, so so I've written here, I agree, number 57, and these are not in order of importance, everyone. These are just as they came to me. I had the same thing, finding the joy in small things. And um I was reading a book the other day and it had an opening quote from who's the actor from Home Alone? What's the lad? Macaulay Culkin. That's the lad's name. And he, one of his quotes was, "For all, it was something like, I'm, I, I'm not going to get it completely right, but for all, for all of the, um, for all of the amazing things that I've experienced in life, nothing quite hits the enthusiasm of finding an absolutely massive crisp." And I was like, you know, these things, these small things, that we sort of forget the joy in these tiny things, and. I just don't think I was noticing those things when I was drinking. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, and and this is linked to clarity, right? So even just really simple things. Like, like I'm looking out the window now at the garden and the, the beauty in, um, like, I, I remember sitting there on a morning meditating early. And of course, that's beautiful and wonderful being outside in the cool morning the dawn light it's relatively quiet you're away from the kids so it's perfect um but I remembered like going to you know when you kind of like you, you very slowly shut down your gaze and just the last little chink of what I saw before I shut my eyes was this the dew on the grass and I'm like wow that's fucking amazing look at that now when would I have ever looked at I was in 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 the throes of my previous life of a drinker when would i have ever looked at the dew on the grass and got excited about might have that? been putting my face on it to try and cool my face down <laughs> being like oh, to... thank god for the dew on this grass i did that on the toilet floor head. once had there to cool go. my face on the toilet floor a marble toilet floor when i was at work hungover definitely held my face against a few glass windows <laughs> it has happened yeah that's a big one like yesterday me and um me and Robin, we went to uh, to to town to Norwich, and we were looking around. and And probably the best bit of the day was finding one of those like bottle things and uh, like a thing in the wall that gives you filtered free water where you can put your bottle in and it starts, mm. and then you take it out and it knows how to stop. I mean, mm. I, I was just we were we were reveling about it. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, Tiny little a... things. They're just you know they're silly things. It just being a kid again and just yes. 
Oh, this so yesterday huge. I took the kids to the theatre to see a show and little Chester needs a wee in the middle of it all. Although I've, I've, I've realised over this last week of summer holidays that the kids are actually quite good at timing when they need a wee so that you can, you might miss the last bit of the show, but you get there before the queue. They seem to have this like innate ability. They can they can get to the toilet before the massive queue. So I'm I'm in the middle of this with Chester and um and it was one of those um like automatic flush you wave your hand in front of the thing and I said to him, oh you know, flush flush a chain son and he's like looking for because he's like flush the chain of the old days, you know, like it's like what are you talking about? And I said, well, look, you know, like wave your hand. And he's like, he's like waving his hand in the toilet bowl. I'm like, no, no, get your hands out of the toilet bowl, son. I mean, like wave, wave at the thing. He thought it was amazing. Waving, like waving at the little dot to get the toilet to flush. But that's it. Childlike joy. I remember, God, my granddad, when it was raining, we used to go in the garage and he had this like old carpet out in his garage. And he'd move his car, he'd get some boxes. And me and like the kids from the house next door, we would just... Literally four big cardboard boxes would keep us entertained for a, for like as for as long Always. as we were allowed to hang out in the garage. Mm-hmm. And we're told as kids, play, have fun, dream, you know, engage with the life and you know, enjoy yourself. And then when we then we're like, now it's time to grow up, you know, get rid of that life serious. It's like, hmm, yeah, okay, like this isn't right though. And and there's, I always used to feel this piece of me sometimes that was like. I don't know. I think I always used to like, but almost be a bit annoyed um, when I thought that like, people were being silly at times in my life. And now I realize like that was just me because I just, I'd shut this piece of me, this important mm. piece of me away in yeah. a box. Didn't know how to, I didn't know how to let it out. I was too worried what other people would think of me yeah. to be silly. Yeah. Um, and now that I don't, don't really give a shit what other people think of me, I'm much mm. better at that. I'm much better mm. at being silly and I have a lot more fun. Mm. that's important play is important i like that one that was wicked um okay is it my turn yeah go on uh i said saving a ton of money much more than i thought i would how much do you reckon you saved a year i'm just gonna get my calculator out Honestly, I don't know. I don't know because I was a lot of my was a, was away and abroad and all the rest of it. I would think it was probably fair to say that for all of the traveling and everything that I've done, I mean, it's in the thousands and thousands and thousands that I've spent on alcohol over my lifetime and 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 saved, no doubt, in the last you know five six years of not of not drinking. Um, mm. I don't know an exact figure. I would imagine that if I were drinking the way I was in Poland, in the UK that would be and like going out at the weekends and all that kind of stuff like that would easily be four or five hundred pounds a month mm. easily um probably more wow and, like, and i and i know because i mean you got to think like what that would cost to you know your big night out in like manchester or or, London oh, yeah. or something like i mean it's you could you're spending money before you even know what's going on it's funny i went out um in London a couple of years back before all this uh, COVID stuff. Um, and I, remember I had a night out in London and we were out from six till six, right? Um, I don't really do that very often anymore, but I go see my friends and they're still quite into house music and clubbing. And, and when I'm in the mood, I'll happily go and get along and get involved. I spent a pound. I spent a pound. It was fantastic because I had one, one place made me pay for soda water. But most places... Um, this isn't so true if you're not in a big city, but a lot of like London, you end up places, they either assume that you're the driver or they just don't care. They're just like, here's a soda water. They yeah. don't charge you for it. So it cost me yeah. a pound that night. Um, yeah. I mean, thousands, Ellie. It's uh, yeah. And it, 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 w- <laughs> this is a really good motivator for a lot of people, like to tot up what you really, and, and to be true and honest with yourself because it's it can be a staggering amount of money and you know when you're talking about like 400 pound a, a month I mean that's that's a good mortgage payment it's a you add it up for an annual holiday it's 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 big and so if you are one of the things that I recommend to people that are um, certainly going through like an something like an alcohol experiment is put that money away and then at the end of it buy yourself yeah. some kind of nice sober treat with it and then that is often the thing that 
takes people on to lengthening and right, oh, I'm going to do another 30 days and I'm going to buy myself, you know, whatever people that have kind of the foresight of, well, this is what I'd like to invest that money in. And, and there was certainly a shift for me in that um, I remember when I was considering signing up for the alcohol experiment, which is $47 for the light. So there's a free alcohol experiment, always free. The live alcohol experiment is one of the programs from this naked mind. It costs $47. I was questioning spending $47 on myself, which is absolute madness. I knew that I was going to save hundreds of pounds by not drinking in January. So I kind of had this like word with myself, spend the $47. My God, that was the best $47 I've ever spent in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the real shift that came beyond that is going from a place where I didn't value myself at all, really, to a place where now I would invest in myself every day of the week. And this is my, my play always at the end of the alcohol experiment with people is don't be afraid to invest in yourself because value creates value. So people are often, they'll, they'll look at, whether it's a program from this naked mind, something like the path, or whether it's investing in a coach or group coaching, these, these things have um, hefty price um, tickets attached to them. And there's good reason for that. And you have to get to the point where you feel that you are worth the investment um, because what, what you then gain the other side and how life expands for you, it is truly incredible. But that I find is often a barrier. People, are quite happy to invest in pickling themselves um, or, you know, their own method of self-care in terms of spending that sort of money on drinking. But then it feels like a stretch too far to then invest that money in finding freedom. That was 100% my experience. And, you know, I never really buy that. Like this was paying that amount of money out of like minimum wage jobs and stuff. You know, this is kind of like when I was in Poland, I was earning, you know, not bad money for Poland, but like it's not not huge money. And and like in and when I was traveling, like I had budgets, but I just, you know, I'd, I'd do that and eat cheap food, eat cheap shit food. And, you know, because I didn't have money for anything else. And I would say, you know, even if even if it were half that, whatever it was, we spend these thousands of pounds or, you know, hundreds of pounds over a year or whatever. But for most people, I think who are drinkers, it's, it's in the thousands, isn't it? For without a doubt um Mm. you spend that money and you just you just do it and you don't really think about it as you say and you slowly kind of pickling yourself and and having these experiences um and yet the first time that i sat a couple of years ago and was like right i really want to go out and learn how to to run a business and to like help people so that i can have impact because ultimately i need to know how to do this so that i can because if i don't know how to run my business there's no way that i can help other people it's just not, mm. it's just not going to work. And the guy, I can remember the guy telling me, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money, you know, a few thousand pounds for you to come into this course and learn this stuff. And I had never really invested in myself before in that way. It's just not something I'd done. Yeah. And I had that internal battle. I had that sleepless night. And I can honestly say, you know, that was the most, most amazing, most empowering decision that I ever made. Cause the moment you do that, something crazy happens. The moment mm-hmm. you'd say, I'm willing to invest this money in myself. This, the, the moment you, you just put that energy out into the universe, there's a shift and mm-hmm. I don't know what level it happens on or whatever, but I see it again and again and again with people that come and, and coach with me or with people that coach with other, you know, whoever it is, whatever it is you're going to do, that investment in yourself is powerful. It's so powerful. It opens up so many doors and, wow i mean if i think about how much investing in me stopping drinking has saved me in the long run oh, yeah. over a lifetime and let's be honest here we're not just talking about financial cost we're talking about cost to relationships we're talking about cost to family connections we're talking about so much more than financial cost cost is not just how much money you're saving at the end of the month mm. it's so much more than that mm. and and that's it like i think sometimes when when we're drinking it's it, it's harder it's too like with the anxiety that comes with it it's it's too frightening to look too far ahead yes um and a lot of people will carry debt right so you know i think most of us certainly my generation is you know, having like my parents didn't carry debt like they had a mortgage but they didn't carry debt whereas my gen like i left university and i had i had at least 20 grand's worth of debt before it even started yeah and so if you think about, like, I remember having this conversation with, um, with people over and over about like they, they would, 
see like this mountain of I've got this mountain of debt and I've got I've just got I've got nowhere to uh to 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 work through it and I'm trying to explain to them but look like you could invest this sum of money gain freedom from alcohol and then you're saving this much and you're not just saving it in that in that first instance you're saving that over and over so Mm. if you've got if you're going to save yourself for easy, easy, simple sums, if you're going to save yourself five grand a year and you've got 20 grand, like I had 20 grand's worth of debt within four years, just by doing nothing else other than removing alcohol, you could be debt free. What's that going to feel like to be debt free in four years? Whereas otherwise, you know, like how else are you going to pay off 20 grand's worth of debt? And, and also as well, like when you're sitting there and doing, it is a powerful thing to do to calculate how much you're spending. Mm. Um, cause it's really affronting if you actually sit and do this, I would ask anyone that does this to be honest and extrapolate, you know, really extend the costs out to their, to their truth. So it's not just the alcohol that we spend. It's the unnecessary like food purchase on the way home. It's the shit food that we buy for the hangover day. Taxis. It's taxis. Ubers. When mm. you're feeling bad on, you know, I used to find, I think a lot of my Sunday afternoon wandering around the shopping mall and just buying things here and there that I didn't really need was like a way of to try and make yourself feel better. Yeah. It's like dopamine hits to try and like yes. pull yeah. myself back to the line. Exactly. And so, and when you think about that, the amount, and, and also wasted money as well. Like if you think about the cost of like the holiday that you booked, you know, we were talking about this with Siobhan, you've, you've put your, however many thousands of pounds or hundreds of pounds into your holiday, you go out to your holiday and then most of it, you're not even there for, you know, you don't see the city. You don't really enjoy this, that, and the other, because you're hanging in, hanging out your ass, you're lying in bed, you're like feeling like crap, like all of that costs. Mm-hmm. Costs dreams are, are gone. You know all these. You know the, the. This is a huge point. Actually, the more you dive into this, it's massive, it and it's really, it it's a really powerful one. I mean, how how many people do you, I, I know? A lot of my friends buy things when they're drunk. So yeah. get get back in from a night out, and then make some drunk purchases, which may not be the kind of purchases you'd make with clarity in mind. Just losing money. You know, <laughs> within the course of a night out. There you go. That's a big one. Or. Oh, man, my worst. Just to finish on this, this was always my sinking feeling. <laughs> when I used to wake up in the morning and I had more money in my wallet than when I started, that I knew that was a bad. I knew that that was one Into of those nights. Cash point. I'd, at least once, right? Because when you wake up with more money in your wallet than when you went out with, that's never a good sign, is it? Is mm. it Eddie Murphy in one of his stand-ups where he's like, I can't remember. Um, back when he was very not very PC back in the day, was he? But I remember him saying, you know, no, you know, when you go into a cash point at two o'clock in the morning, no one needs to go to a cash point no, at no, two o'clock in the morning. Made many a bad decision, a bad oh, monetary yeah. decision whilst under the influence. <clears throat> right. Right. My go. Go on. I think we've got time for one more that we can try and fit into five minutes. Go on. Uh, well, the, just... On the, on the list, this is a brain dump. On the list is knowing what I want and what I don't want. Yeah, cool. Clarity again, isn't it? Yeah, it's linked to clarity. It's linked to clarity. But it's, it's, it's being able to listen to that inner knowing it's, uh, and, and being unapologetic. So being able to instill boundaries, whereas yeah. previously that would have all been very blurry and difficult and challenging and, oh, I don't know if I've got the energy for that. Yeah, being um, brave enough to honour what you want yeah. and what you don't want is and, really powerful. And, and the, the, the first point being not actually knowing, like I, I was so disconnected from myself, like I really wouldn't have had a, a clue what I, what I really wanted at any one moment. And, and, you know, even just you know, from a bodily perspective, you know, we talked about uh, the, we had a couple of episodes, one on triggers and one on cravings and, you know, often what we think we want when we're reaching for something external to us to make us feel better isn't what we really want. I didn't really want half a Toblerone, Alan Partridge style. What I really wanted was some rest, but I had no idea because I wasn't tuning in. Yeah. I mean, to talk to the biggest example of this that I've got, you know, for all that time drinking when I knew I was supposed to be doing something, um, and I just, I was like, but what is it? What do I want? What's the thing that's going to be that thing? And the whole time I was like, well, what could it be? You know, 
and then you remove alcohol from my life. And at the beginning, again, I was like, as I, you know, starting to get more clarity back, starting to grow into myself. Um, it's like, well, what is it? What's this thing? What could I possibly do? What journey have I been on that's going to be able to help people find this spiritual side of themselves, move into themselves? You know, you know, what could it possibly be? How could I help anybody? And then one day you kind of somebody's turned around and says to you, Well, you know, all that stuff you learned and how you've figured out this stuff about alcohol and all the rest of it, you know, do you not think that could be it? And you're sort of like, Oh yeah, that could be an interesting <laughs> thing to explore, couldn't it? And then, you know, we miss these things. We just, is it micro and macro? The things that we literally want is in the things we want around us. You know, the actual, like how we want our house to look, all this kind of stuff, you know, everything I've, you know, everything changes when you start removing substances from your life because your values come back online. Mm -hmm. You start surrounding yourself with things that you value. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's massive. Anyway, I said five minutes and then I've hijacked it and, and, and chatted on, but, and what you don't want is a powerful one too. Mm hmm. You're right. You see, you're looking out there. Is, is something going on behind the computer? Oh, over there. I'm, I'm just, that's where my list is. I, my list. I thought you were like, it was like, you know, a that small look you child. get, like the postman's coming and you're like, oh no. That's like, do, well, did I tell you about the group coaching call that I was doing? I had, unfortunately, um, these lovely ladies know me very well, but this was just before I went on holiday. I was sat back over there where I do my coaching calls from. And <laughs> out of those windows, both children, had climbed it. There's like a little toy box, an outdoor toy box. Now they climbed on the toy box and was standing at the window, uh, like properly screaming at me. And so I've got shutters. I'm, I'm <laughs> the shutters shut. But everyone, could, like, everyone could still hear them. It may not be able to see the little sad faces, but we could still hear them. Ah, no, it was my list. I was looking at my list. Um, I think this is going to become its own mini series. Isn't this has it? got because legs. We haven't got very far. This has got all. legs. I mean, we've got at least we've got through four or five. So just on my list alone, we've got another uh, fifty-eight to get through. Uh, plus, plus yours, plus all of these ones that are coming up, um, like boundaries and all the rest of it. There's oh goodness knows. There's so many. I think this is good. this is going to be ongoing. So please do participate and yeah. let us know what you know, send them what in. We've yeah, what we've talked about today. What do you what do you agree with? What what resonates with you? And then also, what would you put on the list? And we're going to create this massive. It'd be interesting to see what this ultimate number becomes. We could be here. I have a feeling we could be here. This may outlive the podcast. <laughs> Why in the sense that? That, well no 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 in the sense that like you know 14 years from now um when we're like right number one 17,365th reason why giving up alcohol is a good idea um yeah what I mean is I think it, it may be a never-ending list I uh we we will find out and the last thing I want to say is just let us know also how it feels to celebrate this stuff too from you know whatever whatever perspective you're coming at it from this is you know this there's so much hugely positive uh, god i can't speak again what is in the air today there is so much positivity here wherever wherever you're at there is a, a good way to engage with this as an exercise um whether it's tipping you tipping your level of curiosity into taking a break yep. uh, or whether it's celebrating the the work that you've done so far and we'd love to hear from you how it's uh how it's going from you and, and your own unique perspective yeah yeah we would i'm gonna look forward to reading those because there's always things that i'm like oh yeah yeah i hadn't even thought about that mm. Mm. so yes please yeah well that's just had me thinking too like we've got this wonderful group of people that uh um that we're chatting with on facebook in our present and sober oh, yeah. facebook group so this would be a really great place to keep the conversation going so if you fancy joining that can we put a little link in the show notes i'll put a link in the show notes but if you type uh present and sober into facebook it'll pop up and yeah come join us because we're you know there's nice chats in there yeah there is a, a page, page as well a page and a group there's a page so. and a group so come follow us come join the group um come join in the discussions i'll go live in there you know give top tips throughout the week um it's growing and you know i've it's going to grow a lot more and there's going to be a lot more activity going on in there from from now on basically so yeah that's a good good uh good point ellie good point 
Cool. Excellent. Right, I'm off to go and, I don't know, what am I going to do? Exciting stuff. <laughs> Not less. Could you, <laughs> could you, I don't know, I was going to say something incredibly random then. Anyway. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a day. There, it must be a full moon or something. There's something funny going on for sure. For sure. For sure. Right, team. Lots Have of love, an folks. awesome week. Love you all. Oh, hang on. I'm just about to leave. No, don't do that, Samuel. I called myself Samuel. Samuel. Must be in trouble. Hey, lovely people. That was so much fun to record. And, you know, it's just so amazing to go over those benefits and the things that we're moving towards. And, and it's so funny how when I put them on the list for when I was writing the blog, you know, 64 things, they kind of came out. There's hundreds of them now. Um, but when we go into them, they're kind of fractal. They're like, you know, you go in and they open another door and another door and another door. And I really do believe that for as long as me and Ellie are rocking this podcast, then we will we will not have run out of incredible things to, to have on this kind of like mini series where we're going over this stuff so make that list get um get going get focusing on that stuff it's only going to grow and evolve with you as you grow and evolve as a person and yeah it's just so powerful so awesome have an amazing week can't wait to see you next tuesday